passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast, presented by bearsillustrated.com. Your home for Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati, alongside Andrew Miner. And we're excited to talk some college football today. This weekend is week one of college football. We had some action last weekend especially with Nebraska and Northwestern, but this is when the real games start. We have a full slate of college football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and Baylor has their season opener this weekend against Albany. So let's start with Baylor. head coach Dave Aranda released the depth chart for this upcoming weekend and there were some interesting some interesting aspects to the depth chart a lot of it was how we expected it to be but Andrew what are your biggest takeaways what are some things that stood out to you about this weekend's depth chart yeah I think pretty great great to uh Really get going into gear. I always say Labor Day, college football, Labor Day weekend is the best weekend of, of college football uh, because you got Thursday games Thursday through Monday, so five straight games. Uh, it's it's great. We're just buried on our couches. The Baylor depth chart is um, largely kind of how I expected it to be. There weren't too many um, surprises. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at it now, trying to see what the surprises were, but. Um, but I think, you know, lar- by and large, it was kind of what uh, I-, I expected. So I'm kind of curious to see, uh, hear what your surprises uh, or takeaways were. Yeah, I guess you're right that there weren't too many surprises, quote unquote, on the depth chart. But there were things, there were a few things that stood out to me. Um, one of them was the fact that Hal Presley was listed first as the starting wide receiver. He was... Um, I think he's the wide receiver one based on how the depth chart seemed to have played out. And that was someone that you said could be Baylor's wide receiver one, at least for, at least to start out the season. And it seems like it will be that way. So that's interesting. And the other starting receivers are Monterey Baldwin and Seth Jones. So I just think it was, I think that, I just think that was something that where we didn't know exactly what was going to happen just because there were so many receivers that could have potentially gotten those starting receiver spots since um, both of the starting receiver spots opened up. Um, and for now, these are the guys that seem like they'll be starting. Another thing that jumped out was that Khalil Keith 
is not going to be playing this weekend. He wasn't listed on the depth chart at right tackle, and he's one of the best tackles in all of college football. So it's going to be important to get him back later in the season, um, especially week two against BYU. It would be huge to get him back there. But Gavin Byers will be starting at right tackle, and he was pretty good last year. He just got replaced by Keith, who turned into a really, really great offensive lineman. But I'm, I'm comfortable with Gavin Byers starting. And then I would say that the last thing that kind of jumped out to me was that Lorando Johnson is listed as a starting cornerback and Alec Walcott is listed at star. I thought Lorando Johnson was going to be the one to replace Jalen Petrie at the star position, but I haven't been too top on the happenings at practice lately, so maybe this is something that was expected. It was just something that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I want to go to what you said about the wide receivers. Um, all the wide receivers are basically underclassmen, uh, which we kind of in in, a, in the Baylor season preview that we that we did kind of talked about how the wide receiver group was kind of going to be an unknown and a young young <clears throat> position group moving forward this season, where we're going to need someone to step up and and kind of make plays and be the go to guy for uh, for Blake Shapin at, at quarterback um, and. You know, we did. Yes, we did. We did talk about how Presley of how coaches been thinking he might step into that role. So very interesting to see. I would say the only surprise is that, uh, you know, that that maybe Gavin Holmes, a six year senior, didn't didn't get you know one of those starting starting spots. Um, but that just must mean the coaches like really like what the um, you know the talent that they have, the, the young talent that they have uh, coming up. Um, one of the things that really excites me, and I think what a lot of Baylor fans are are looking forward to this year, is the amount of um, experience that that the Bears have returning, um, especially on on the lines and uh, and on defense. Um, but just looking at the, if you look, take a look at the depth chart, fifth and sixth year seniors, uh, the amount that they that they have. There's three. <clears throat> Three offensive linemen that are listed as fifth-year seniors, and on um, on defense, there's uh, you know basically everybody's an upperclassman, but uh, Cole Maxwell is a six-year senior uh, on the <clears throat> on the defensive line, and Dylan Doyle is is fifth-year senior as you know holding down the linebacker group, and then just basically just all all upperclassmen, you know uh, across the board on. Uh, on defense for the, for the most part. So I, I think it's just the sheer numbers of, uh, of upperclassmen that, that Baylor has um, in, in kind of the position groups that really need um, stability and experience the most um, is, you know, is really great to, great to see because running back quarterback wide receivers, all those guys are sophomores. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very true. And I think that experience in the positions that you mentioned goes really well for Baylor this season. And it's one of the reasons that both of us, I think, have Baylor doing really well this year and, and being the favorites for being the favorites in the Big 12. Um, and you mentioned Dylan Doyle at the linebacker position. There's just one more thing I wanted to mention, and it was regarding the linebacker position. I saw that Josh White is listed as a backup at Mike Linebacker, 
And this is a this is a guy who came over from LSU as a transfer this year. He was recruited by Dave Aranda initially. He was a four star recruit out of high school, and and then Aranda came to Baylor and he was at LSU. Didn't have too much playing time or too much success, but now he's at Baylor. And I I thought he fit better at the weak side linebacker position because he's kind of he's kind of smaller on the size side, kind of like a Terrell Bernard. And I thought that he'd be he'd be a better weak side linebacker, but they have Will Williams there as the backup, so it'll be interesting to see what Josh White does because he's a really talented guy and he seems like someone who's who's gonna work hard. And everything he said has made me believe that he's in it for the team and that he's gonna do well. So I I want to see where he ends up. Um, but let's let's go now to this weekend's game: Baylor versus Albany. Albany is an FCS team who went. Two and nine last year, so the outcome of this game is not exactly in doubt. But, <laughs> to say the least, knock on wood. <laughs> but I know that I'm going to be watching this game still, and and I, I know that you're going to be watching as well. So when you do watch, is there anything in particular that you're going to be looking for? Um. No, it, I think we covered this in the in the season preview, but it's good, it's going to be for me the offensive line um, and and the running game just to see how um, you know can we establish you know our 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 fingerprints over the trenches quickly and and give a solid foundation for the you know set the tone for the game, give ourselves a solid foundation to work on uh, for the rest of the season. So that's really what I'm uh, looking for, and then I'm looking for a lot of um, you know, guys, players on the team to get reps, uh, throughout, throughout the game. You know, a lot of young guys, we talk about the underclassmen on the skill and the skill positions. And then, um, you mentioned a few, you know, a few guys who are, are backups, you know, definitely want to make sure that they get in the, in the mix and, um, and get some reps early on, get their feet wet, uh, as well, even though so many of these, even, you know, we talked about, I talked about fifth year, six year seniors. Um, there are a bunch of fifth year and six year seniors on uh, second string as, as well. So, you know, I think there's, there's 10 starters that are fifth year or sixth year for the, for the bears. Uh, and then there's a bunch more that are uh, on the second, second string level. So, you know, just kind of get back into the groove of, of college football of, of the season of uh, playing someone other than ourselves. Yeah, that's very true. This is going to be the game where a lot of guys who might not get too many minutes later in the season are going to have an opportunity to get on the field and, and play significant minutes once Baylor, as we expect, gets off to a big lead and, and the starters don't have to play anymore. So it'll, it'll definitely be a good game for, for those guys, the backups. Um, and I was thinking about this, and one thing in particular that I'm – going to be watching for in this game is the chemistry that Blake Shapin has with his receivers because I think that it's hard to judge a lot of things when you're playing a team that you're so much more talented than because you're going to destroy them on the lines you're going to be faster than them on the outside there there aren't really going to be that many things that we can take away about this Baylor team based on this game but when those receivers do get open, I'm going to be looking to see if Blake Shapin hits them in stride, if he hits yep. them right on the money, um, how his deep ball looks, how strong his arm looks. So kind of just 
where Blake Shapin's game stands, how accurate he is, and then especially how his chemistry is with all these different receivers. Yeah, could, couldn't agree more. It's kind of can you do the little things correctly, you know, in this in this game? You're probably going to win, but can you do the little things properly to give you confidence moving forward? Yep. Yeah. And Baylor is almost definitely going to win, but there are some other teams who are playing non-Power 5 opponents who are going to be on upset alert this week. So when we come back after the break, Andrew and I are going to tell you who we think needs to be on upset alert in week one of college football. Welcome back into the Bears Illustrated podcast. And we're going to be getting to our upset picks for this weekend. But before we get there, Andrew has something to tell all you Baylor fans. Yeah, Pernay, I think it's more the national media instead of just Baylor fans. I think Baylor fans know what, what's coming uh, coming down the pipe. But a um, lot of, lot of <clears throat> you know experts out there saying that Baylor should be concerned about taking a step back, especially on defense, because we've lost so many many guys but if you go down this depth chart literally every every name on the depth chart is a um is an upperclassman majority could be fifth or sixth year seniors as well it doesn't matter if they're starting or second string they have plenty of experience from from last year a big 12 championship team and moving forward i think the defense should be expected to be just as as great um, as it's been, not only in 2021 when Baylor won the Big 12 championship, but also 2020 in Dave Aranda's first year, um, where Baylor just didn't really have an offense, but they still were in essentially every single game. Um, and then, of course, we had the Matt Rule era where Baylor's defense, um, you know, that, that's where the foundation started to, to build. So Baylor has built an identity over the past couple of years where the defense has been really, really good. And just because we lost, uh, you know, six guys to the draft, uh, I think that's kind of a, a red herring. I, I think that uh, Baylor's defense is going to be just as good this year, and they should be, um, you know, expected to win a bunch of games uh, just because they'll have the defensive talent on the field. They forced, they have forced twenty-two straight. Uh, they've had twenty-two games where they forced at least one turnover, and. Um, they're the reason that Baylor, you know, were was in games in that COVID shortened season, and they were the reason that Baylor won the Big Twelve championship game uh, last year. So that is just something to keep an eye on. I think I think that's just being not highlighted enough, and it's being overlooked by a, a lot of reporters out there. Um, and so just just keep an eye out uh, on on the defense this this week and. Um, excited to see them set the set the tone for the season i think the question is going to be is the offense going to be talented enough to uh you know kind of break through that that barrier and, and get baylor uh, another big 12 championship game and and maybe beyond you heard it from andrew all you national media pundits out there who are doubting the 2022 baylor bears take a seat and watch dave aranda take this crew to success all right now let's get to some of the teams that Andrew and I are doubting this week. <laughs> so, Andrew, 
Give us your first upset pick or or upset alert. Yeah, my first my first upset uh, alert comes out of the uh, the SEC. I actually have number twenty Kentucky on upset alert. They play Miami of Ohio. Uh, the the Red Hawks going down to to Lexington. Um, you know, Miami of Ohio is a is a MAC team that's predicted to compete and contend for the MAC championship. And you know, that's just something uh, that craziness could happen. Kentucky has um, you know kind of fooled around in the past and, and had close games with, um, with, you know, non-power five teams, um, recently. And so I think that just could be a recipe if, if Miami of Ohio is as good as people are thinking, uh, they might be, um, then they might catch Kentucky, the Wildcats sleeping uh, this Saturday. Who's your first upset alert team? For my first team on upset alert, I'm also going to, stick with a team ranked in the 20s, and I'm going to go with the BYU Cougars. Now, I've been high on the BYU Cougars all offseason. I still think they're a really good team. I think they could finish in the top 10 when it's all said and done. But they're going into South Florida this week, and this is not going to be as easy of a game as it might seem to be. USF, they have Gary Bohannon starting at quarterback. Gary Bohannon, who led Baylor to the Big 12 championship last season and helped Baylor win the Sugar Bowl. They have a coach who has not had too much success at USF, but it seems like Gary Bohannon believes in him. And every time Gary Bohannon believes in a head coach, that coach has gone on to do great things. He, he believed in Matt Rule, and Matt Rule took Baylor to the Big 12 championship game. He believed in Dave Aranda when it seemed like Baylor was going to go in a tailspin after Matt Rule left, and two seasons later, Dave Arena takes Baylor to a top-five finish in the AP poll. So I think that USF is going to be better than some people expect, and I think it's going to be a good team that is going to give BYU a run for their money this week. I still have BYU winning the game, but it's one that they're going to have to watch out for. You know, Pranay, I think that's a great – that's a great identification on your part. Um, and it's right before that Baylor week two game. So it'll be really interesting just to see what happens. But I, I think nothing will make Baylor fans happier if Gary Bohannon can go out and, you know, get a great, great start under his belt as a uh, USF bull and, and get a victory over, over BYU. Um, I, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of Baylor fans love, love their quarterbacks, very loyal to their quarterbacks. We've seen that over the past, uh, three years here and uh, I'm, I'm sure they would love nothing more than to get Gary Bohan in a win. Absolutely. Now let's get to our, our second upset alert picks. Who, who do you got next? Yep. Uh, I'm sticking in the SEC and I have the Auburn Tigers on upset alert. Um, and really the main reason is uh, there is a little like Saturday down south, I think, um, did a little spoof video um, on, on Auburn, kind of going back to school and getting ready for the season and kind of just having an Auburn fan complain about the, uh, <laughs> the, the Tigers' chances this year. Um, but they're playing they're, – so I think Auburn fans themselves are not as high on, on their team moving moving forward this year and they're playing Mercer uh, and I actually got 
some late night college football started in week zero for me. You mentioned Nebraska uh, Northwestern, but uh, Mercer was playing um, Moorhead State and they beat up on Moorhead State uh, like 63-14 or something like that. And they ended the game with an impressive goal line stand uh, to, to end the game, close the game out. Uh, they stopped a fourth and goal. Everything was meaningless, but they put up 63 points and had a goal line stand. So I'm I'm going with Mercer getting a big upset um, over <clears throat> over Auburn. I think I think that you know that might happen. It might be a perfect storm type thing. Uh, and uh, Pranay, I know I know you're wondering. I know a lot of other people were under <clears throat> wondering. Well, who the heck was Kentucky? Why is Kentucky on the upset alert? Who were they screwing around to uh, last year? It was Chattanooga was the team that they uh, probably really should have lost to last year. They only won. 28 to 23. So I'm sticking in SEC with both my upset alert picks, Kentucky and Auburn. Wow. Usually the SEC is not the one that's disrespected, but we've got two SEC teams potentially <laughs> losing. And you said you think Auburn is going to lose? No, I, well, upset alert on upset alert. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. my, my second team is... UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, this is a team that's supposed to be pretty good this year. They did not live up to expectations last year after starting in the top 10 of the AP poll. But now they have Drake May at quarterback, who who should be a good quarterback. But they're going into Appalachian State after not looking very good against Florida A&M last week. And Appalachian State is a team that has pulled off a massive upset before at Michigan. And this time it's it's at home with UNC, who's, who's not one of the top teams in the country. They're a good team, but they're probably not a top 15, 20 team, in my opinion. And I think that it's very possible that Mac, Mac Brown's crew goes into Appalachian State and loses that game. They're actually only one-point favorites as of right now. So... It's seeming like a toss-up as it is, but this is a big brand versus a not-so-big brand, and I think that UNC should be wary. Yeah, I think I think you're right on the money, Pranay. Uh, UNC, also one of those teams, playing in Week 0 um, to, uh, uh, to um, Florida A&M, right? Playing the Florida A and M last week, and that was a that was a game through about three quarters. Um, you know the the defense did not look good for for North Carolina and uh, let up a lot of points. And I think that was the concern last year as well, um, and maybe for the past couple of years, North Carolina just not having a defense. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Appalachian State. You know, talk about branding. I think Appalachian State is uh, has a has a nice brand in. in in the realm of college football, and there's precedent for this, Pranay. Don't forget, Appalachian State hosted Carolina a couple years back, 2019, uh, and, and they beat the, the they beat the Tar Heels. So um, they've they've done it recently. They've they've been Mac Brown and the Tar Heels recently. So definitely could do it again. Good call. All right, now now that's it with the upsets. Let's get to picking some games when we when we come back on the next segment. We'll, get, we'll be giving you our picks for the biggest games of week one.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back into the Bears Illustrated Podcast. In segment three, Andrew and I are going to be giving you our picks for week one of the 2022 college football season. Let's start with the Thursday game. And we'll start with Penn State versus Purdue. I've got Penn State winning this game. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I have Penn State as well. Nittany Lions just named a starting quarterback. They're going to, into West Lafayette, but it's a big conference uh, game to open the season for both teams. I just think Penn State comes out on top. Uh, also Thursday, a couple other, couple other games. One is uh, Central Michigan is playing Oklahoma State. Now, if you recall the last time these two teams met in 2016, Oklahoma State had the intentional grounding penalty that extended the game, and Central Michigan had the Hail Mary with a lateral for a touchdown on the final play uh, of the game there to beat Oklahoma State. Uh, This time, Oklahoma State's ranked 12th, a lot of expectations. I have Oklahoma State winning this one, but they do struggle at home against non-conference teams that they shouldn't. Central Michigan, Tulsa, uh, they they do struggle against those teams, but I I think they, they get the win here. How about you? Yeah, I think I think Oklahoma State is too good to lose this game. I, I've got Oklahoma State winning in this one easily. The, the the last game that we're gonna pick for the Thursday games is the backyard brawl, West Virginia Pitt, an old rivalry from the Big East. Pitt is possibly one of the best teams in the country. They're they're definitely a contender for the ACC, and West Virginia is looking to have a rebound year. Both of these teams have new quarterbacks, both former USC quarterbacks, Keaton Slovis at Pitt and JT Daniels, a former five-star recruit who was benched at Georgia last year for West Virginia. 
I I have Pitt coming out on top, but I think this is a really intriguing game. This is the one that's going to be fun to watch. Who do you have? Yeah, remember when – it's so great to have the backyard brawl uh, back. Remember when Pitt went into uh, Morgantown and spoiled Pat McAfee and company's hopes of a national championship, 13-9 victory, really weird game. Um, I have West Virginia avenging that. I think I think West Virginia gets the job done. We've we've discussed this a little bit. I'm high on the Mountaineers um, uh, this year, and I think they they start off with an upset. Uh, you know, so those are the Thursday games. I think we got a great slate. That's only day one of college football um, this weekend. Moving into Friday, there's one big game that we wanted to talk about on Friday. TCU is in Boulder to play the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, I have TCU in this one. Don't think they've named a starting quarterback just yet, uh, but I think TCU edges edges this one out uh, between two teams that I think I think the fan bases are uh, not expecting too much from either. But I think TCU gets the uh, gets the win under first year um, head coach over there. Yeah, TCU hasn't named a starting quarterback yet. If I had to guess, I, w- I would say Chandler Morris is going to win the job. Um, but regardless of who plays, I've got TCU winning this game. I think Colorado is going to be one of the the lowest teams in the Pac-12 this year. And TCU may not be that great, but they'll be good enough to beat Colorado. Now, moving to Saturday, what a slate of games we had. We've got some top 10 matchups, top 11 matchups, some rivalry games. It's a, it's a fun game. So let's a fun weekend. So let's start with the big one: Ohio State, Notre Dame. Number two, Ohio State versus number five, Notre Dame. I have Ohio State winning this game. They're seventeen point favorites. I I think they have way too much firepower on offense, and with Jim Knowles as their new defensive coordinator, they'll have enough to start to stop Tyler Buckner and the Notre Dame offense. Yeah, I think that's a good good pick, uh, Pranay. I think I think Notre Dame falters a, a little bit, takes a step back under their first year head coach. I'm not sure if they're gonna they're they're gonna stay five, uh, number five in the country, but it is really cool to have a top five matchup opening weekend. But uh, if I had my buddy Lee Corso here, I would I'd, I'd turn around, I'd ask him to give me uh, the Brutus head. I'd put it on Ohio State Buckeyes get get the victory. I think uh, think think they set, you know start their season off strong. Uh, you know, another another basically top ten matchup here is Oregon number eleven playing the reigning national champions number three Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, who do you like in this one? I I personally I like Georgia. I think Georgia gets the win, but kudos to Oregon. I love seeing Oregon play uh, these top notch teams. The, you know LSU, um, uh, Auburn, but I, I think they're going to lose. Uh, yet again to a superior SEC foe. I think Georgia starts the season off right and and wins. This is going to be a cool game just because Oregon head coach Dan Lanning is going to be returning to Georgia where he was the defensive coordinator last year when Georgia won the national championship. I think because of that, Oregon might have a little bit of knowledge that will help him out and, and help them do better than they might otherwise do since he knows – some of their defensive players who might be able to to help that offense prepare. But I agree with you. I think Georgia has too much talent, has probably better coaching at this point. I think Kirby Smart's still going to be a better head coach than Dan Lanning. Um, 
I've also got Georgia winning this game. And I'm going to stay... Close. 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 It might, yeah, it'll be a good game Close. to watch. I'm going to stay with another Pac-12 SEC matchup and go to Utah at Florida. Number four, Utah at an unranked Florida team. I I have Utah pulling this game out, but it's going to be a fun one to watch. I want to see how Billy Napier does in his first game, in his first big game as Florida head coach. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I put I put I put Utah in the college football playoffs, so I'm kind of uh, handcuffed. I got I got to pick the Utes in this one, but uh, it's it is in Gainesville, right? It's in Gainesville, um, so it you know only only in college football, uh, right? Only only in college football, but I do have Utah uh, pulling it out, and I just don't I don't think Florida is is going to be that great this year. So um, I, I, I have Utah. Uh, you know Utah, but let's let's keep it with the SEC because there's another top 25 matchup against a with a with a college, former college football playoff uh, participant from last year. But that participant is not the SEC team. It's Cincinnati, number 23, at uh, number 19, Arkansas. Uh, you know Arkansas fans have been waiting for for a while to you know kind of reclaim you know return to glory type thing. Um, the question is: Do the Hogs pull it out, start the season off strong with a victory over over the Bearcats, who have lost some talent from uh, you know from that team a year ago? Uh, I, I I think they do it. I think Arkansas uh, gets the win um, and starts the season off on a, uh, on the right foot. How about you? Yeah, Cincinnati certainly lost a lot of key players to the NFL draft, but they still have who I think is one of the best head coaches in college football, and Luke Fickle. And I think because of that, they won't take too much of a step back. I'm also interested to see who they name as their starting quarterback because I think if Evan Prater gets the start, he is a redshirt sophomore who is a high four-star recruit who is the number six dual-threat quarterback in his class. I think he's a guy who could keep Cincinnati playing really well, and I think this game becomes somewhat of a toss-up if he ends up starting. But I, I agree with you. I think Arkansas comes out and comes out on top, wins this game. I think that they have a little bit too much on the offensive line because of how much Cincinnati lost on the defensive front. And they have that dual threat quarterback in K.J. Jefferson who has shown that he has what it takes to compete against good teams. So I, I also have Arkansas coming out in a close one. Close one, close one. A couple SEC teams get scarce, but close close the last game that we'll be picking for the saturday slate is a texas versus texas matchup it's houston at utsa this is an intriguing game because utsa went 12 and 2 last year this game is in san antonio you know the fan base is going to come out and get behind their team this is probably UTSA's biggest game of the season, so they're going to make it a hostile environment for Houston, a Houston team who's favored to win the AAC. I think that Houston is going to win this game, though. Ooh. Uh, yeah, touchdown, field goal, Pernay. What, what, what you thinking there? Close, big. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go by by two touchdowns, fourteen point win. 
Fair, fair enough. Well, for all, all those reasons that, that you said at the onslaught of that little spiel is why I'm taking UTSA in San Antonio coming off that excellent season that they had. Um, I also have a, a friend that I know on the UTSA team. Um, so I'm, I got to pick the Roadrunners. I think, I think they get the job done. It's a pretty good reason um, to pick them. And, right. Right. <laughs> Always a good reason. Right. Uh, so, you know, that, that wraps it up for Saturday. You think the weekend's over? Not so fast, my friend. Sunday night, we got Florida State against LSU. Brian Kelly in his first game in Baton Rouge, uh, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, for, for me, I don't think LSU's season's going to be uh, anything to write home about, but I do think they get the win in uh, on Sunday night in prime time. Florida State has also had a few few years now where they just have not opened up the season uh, they've had heartbreak uh in the season in their season openers the past couple of years but i have brian kelly and lsu uh getting the job job done in week one i agree with you i think lsu takes care of business and beats florida state i think that florida you're right florida state has had its fair share of struggles and, and brian kelly has proven to be one of the best coaches in college football so i think he's able to get that lsu team Two victories. Now, you think it's over, right? On Sunday? Has to be, right? It has to be. But there's another game on Monday night. Clemson Give it to me. <laughs> Clemson versus Georgia Tech. I- I'm taking Clemson easy money. What you got? You you have Clemson in the college football playoff. They're ranked as a top five team. Uh you know, they they really had a great Great ten and three uh, season last year. Uh, they were a couple plays from from really going to the playoff again. So I think Dabo Sweeney and the, the Tigers are looking to rebound. Um, yeah, I, I think they beat the Yellow Jackets pretty easily on Monday night. Yeah, there. It's a good way to wrap up week one, but don't plan on staying up too late because this game will be over by halftime. <laughs> that's that's it for us on this episode. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy watching week one of college football. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.